message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. Thank you uh, so much for having us. As uh, Graham said, my name's Ewan, and uh, my wife Catherine, as Graham said, we are very well known to Derby. We used to come up, uh, well, Catherine was here once a month, so I used to travel up to the M11 and the A14 once a month to visit Catherine, and uh, came along to Jubilee to your previous two buildings, which was the Water Waterfall Pub and the school before that as well. And... Uh, I still frequent Derby. Actually, I work in Ilkeston uh, until just recently, uh, just north of Derby at the local hospital up there. And I've worked there part-time for four years. So we uh, seem to keep coming back to this area and, uh, and love being with you. If you could turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, we'll be reading in a few minutes from verse 15 to 23. Just as you find your place there, the uh, book of Ephesians was written by Paul while he was... Uh, that is a big screen, isn't it? I like that. That's nice. Uh, it was written by Paul while he was a prisoner in Rome. And uh, at its root, the book of Ephesians is described uh, as an encouragement to its readers. So this morning, as we read through Ephesians 1, hear it for yourself as an encouragement to yourself. Uh, D.A. Carson is a commentator, and uh, he calls it a letter that is breathtaking in its scope of God's purposes in Christ for church. So that's for you this morning. It's breathtaking in its scope of God's purposes in Christ for you today. The previous 14 verses, 1 to 14, Paul encourages uh, the Ephesians. Hello, Matt. See old faces when you walk in, don't you? (laughs) Uh, Paul encourages the readers by celebrating the accomplishments of Jesus So, for example, uh, the many spiritual blessings we have in Christ. For example, that you are chosen, that you are blameless in his sight, that you are adopted, that you get to receive grace that is in fact lavished upon you. You get to receive redemption. Is this catching on my chin? How about that? Is that all right? Nice. Uh, that you can receive redemption, forgiveness, and that you are now the praise of his glory. Uh, you also now receive the Holy Spirit and that you are his. The Holy Spirit guarantees your inheritance as well. So starting from verse 15, I'm reading NIV. We'll go from there. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age but also in the one to come. 
And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The big idea of the talk today is in the strap line on the screen that you may know him and specifically that you may know him better. When Catherine was here at university and I was coming up once a month to see her, uh, one of the Christmas breaks I proposed to Catherine and she said yes, which was great news. And and, um, what started from there was a journey for Catherine and I to get to know one another better. And part of that process is being with one another, uh, spending time with one another and asking questions so you get to know each other better. Now, it's exactly the same with getting to know God. It's a journey. It's a process. And it's one in which we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us by pouring out wisdom and revelation. And the trick is, all we need to do is ask him for that. And he pours it out willingly upon us. Shall we just pray before we continue anymore? God, I thank you that it is your will that we get to know you better. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that as I speak this morning that you would come, you would draw close to us. Lord, that we would indeed know you better, would know your purposes for us in your people. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who is high and lifted up. You are risen. You are now over all things. All dominion, all power, all kingdom is under your feet. And that is for us, for the church. Thank you, God. So verse 15 starts with the phrase, for this reason. What reason? Well, it refers back to the previous two verses, 13 and 14, that the readers were included in Christ, that they had believed the gospel of salvation, and that they were now marked with a seal, the Holy Spirit. In verse 15 itself, uh, Paul speaks of their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all people, implying there was no longer barriers between people in the church, Uh, For example, there were Jews and Gentiles in Ephesus. So he was implying actually the barriers between them were no longer there because of their love and their faith in Christ Jesus. And verse 16, he then gives thanks for these two things, their faith and their unity. We heard about that already this morning. Having unity is a good thing. But he then says, I don't stop giving thanks for you because of these things, your faith and your unity. He's really very thankful for it. And um, the interesting thing is, he hadn't actually been there. It says, from what I have heard of you. So just think for a moment, the people beside you here in Jubilee, from what you have heard of one another, of your leaders, of your church, of your, your bandmates, of your small group leaders. The biblical model here is to give thanks for one another, to give thanks for their faith in the Lord Jesus, to give thanks that there is no longer any barriers between you and there is unity between all of you because of what Christ has done for you. Do me a favor, just turn to the person next to you and say, you're amazing and I'm thankful for you. Go for it. It's important to make a point to remember that everyone is a gift from God. It's good to honor one another, to give thanks for them and particularly for their faith, and there is no longer barriers or boundaries between you in Christ. So verse 17, what is this prayer about? 
He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Here it addressed to you this morning, for individuals, for you, for the people next to you and your family. He says, I keep asking again and again. It's not a one-off, it's a repeated prayer of his that you would know him better. Why? Well, it's on his heart. It's quite an important thing as well. And it's so important that Paul keeps continually praying about these things. Who is he praying to? Well, it says the glorious Father. And in Acts 7, verse 2, he's called the God of glory. I just want to tell you this morning that the glorious Father, the God of glory, is yours. He is your Father. And he's not just any dad or any father. He is a glorious Father, one who is the God of glory, no less. And this Father establishes who you are, your identity. He is the one who gives you security in your life. He is your God, your Father, and you are his son and you are his daughter. Ephesians 3.15 says you even derive your name from him. You derive who you are, your identity from your Father. And this Father wants to give you something this morning. He wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. You know, there is always room in our lives for further uh, study and further work, uh, reading scripture, talking to people, listening to MP3s or CDs, so that we could know the amazing works of God in Christ. But equally, these verses to know him better is not just academic knowledge or study. It's also about uh, experiencing him. The Hebrew word is yada. I think it's on the screen. It is. Um, what it means is that actually not just didactic academic knowledge, it's actually we get to know him, but we get to experience a God, a God who we can experience in our lives, in our bodies, in our hearts, and in every way. Some of you here uh, may know me from previous visits, and I know the Pymans and uh, John and Julie do, and um, some of you don't know me at all, but I guess you get to meet me publicly now altogether. But only one person in this room really knows me, and that's uh, Catherine, my wife. But scripture tells us that there is one person who really wants us to get to know him better, and that is our glorious God. So think about your own life right now. Where are you on your walk with him? How well do you know the glorious Father? Are you in a position of knowing him really well? A bit? Hardly? Not at all? Regardless, however, of where you are on that scale of knowing this glorious God, the Spirit is here so that we can know him better. And all we need is ask. Now, if you've been part of Jubilee for years or you've been a Christian for decades, there is always more to know of God. Why? Because he is a God who is so vast, so glorious, so good. It's why we come together every Sunday, why we sing songs like we did this morning. God is so great, so mighty, so powerful that there is so much more. You know, we're going to spend the rest of eternity knowing more about him. But that journey can start now. And that journey is not just of knowledge, as I've already said, but it's about experiencing the living God, experiencing the Holy Spirit within our lives. It's his heart for us to know him better. 
God doesn't hide from us. He's there to be found out. He's there to be enjoyed. He's there to be known. He's there to be loved. The more you know someone, the more you can love them. I guess if you get on, I guess that helps, doesn't it? John Piper says the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Enjoy God, know him, experiencing him. And it's not something that we stand up on a, on a stage and say, oh, we must, we must. But it's God's desire for you that we can get to know him better. And who is he? Well, yes, he's our friend. Yes, he's the name Jesus that we repeat. But he's the God of the universe. He's our creator. He is our king, our savior, our friend, albeit a very powerful one. And he wants to know you. Imagine there's someone maybe in your profession or on TV or someone really famous that you know or powerful that you'd like to get to know better. And they call you up and say, hey, Graham, I'd love it if you could spend more time with me. I'd love it if you could get to know me better. The truth is this morning that we do have that opportunity, but it's with God. Someone far greater and someone far better to invest our time in and to get to know. Romans 11 says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You know, there are riches to be had in this life, and it's in knowing our God. Why does God want us to know him better? Well, it's just who he is. He's that kind of guy. He loves relationship. He loves being with people. You know, it's why he made us. It's also one of the key threads of the Bible. If you look through from Genesis to Revelation, God made us and he walked with us in the garden. He was with the Israelites in the tabernacle and the temple. He was with us in his own body through Jesus, through uh, the New Testament. He then came through the Holy Spirit after that. There's this key thread of God is always with us. He's always with us. He's a God who loves interaction. It's even in his name. He's called God Emmanuel. We don't use that name this time of year, don't we? At Christmas time, God Emmanuel. God with us. He loves to be known by his people. You know, if you don't know him at all this morning, or maybe you have and you've drifted, can I tell you this morning there is a clear invitation from a heavenly father who loves you, who says, I want you to know me and I want to know you better. God does want us to know him better and he wants to be with us. But the truth is that he already knows everything about us. But that's not the point. He's looking for interaction. He's looking for that one-to-one relationship with each one of us. How do we get to know him? Well, we've sung it this morning. We've heard it as well through uh, one of the contributions. God gave his son, Jesus, to die for us. Scripture says in John 3.16 that whoever believes in him will receive eternal life. And eternal life is not just about, well, when we die, we're all going to go to heaven and it'll all be merry. Jesus says eternal life is about knowing him better. It's about a life that goes on forever knowing him more and more and more. It talks about a quality of life that is available for all of us today and that only knowing him and experiencing him can provide. If you want to know God for the first time this morning, 
And we'd love to talk with you at the end of the meeting. And uh, do come down and chat with Graham or myself. And we'd love to spend some time praying with you and chatting that through with you. Back to the scripture, verse 18. His prayer continues, Paul's prayer, asking that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened or floodlit, it says in another translation, in order that you may know three things. Three things are knowledge of the hope that God has called you to. Secondly, the knowledge of the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And thirdly, knowledge of his incomparably great power. These are three aspects of our salvation that we can experience now, knowing the hope to which you're called, knowing the knowledge of the riches of who you are, because you are his inheritance, and knowledge of his incomparably great power. We're going to take a few moments to look at these three things in turn. First one was the hope, hope to which you're called. Do you know that you are called to something this morning? First thing you are called to is called to hope, and hope is not a thing that, oh, well, I hope one day that this might work out, or I hope that this might be something or, or something else. The hope we have in God is a certainty. It's a hope that you are in a position of being convinced of this. So let me tell you some things we can hope or be certain of in God this morning. We can be certain of a God who we belong to, who is faithful. That we have a God who does not lie. We have a God who is a solid rock. He is a shelter. He is your friend. He is your hope giver. He is something to rejoice in, says in Romans 12. He is an anchor for your soul, Hebrews 6:19. You can hope that you are inseparable from his love, Romans 8. You can be certain and full of hope that God is sufficient enough for you this morning. You can be hopeful that he is your provider. Again, it's one of his names, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Hoping in him brings you no shame, it says in Psalms 25. It allows you to be strong and to take heart. And that he is the source of unfailing love, rest, hope and confidence. Proverbs 13.12 says a bit of a different tack on hope. That hope deferred makes your heart sick. Don't let your heart be sick this morning of not being convinced of who our God is. I'll just read some of these things again. That God is a God who does not lie. He is faithful. He is your solid rock. He is your shelter. He is your friend, your hope giver. He is something to rejoice in. He is an anchor for your soul. You are inseparable from his love for you. You can be certain that he is all sufficient for all that you need. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. Don't let your heart be sick this morning of not being convinced of what a good God we have. This is good stuff, people. We have a good God. We have an excellent hope in him. As to the hope of which you are called to, well, do you know you have a calling, each one of us? No matter where you are in life, whether you're young, middle or old, we are called to many things. Romans 1 says we are called to belong. To belong to who? Well, to belong to Jesus Christ. And it says in Romans uh, 1 verse 6, In him is every good thing. You are called to belong to Jesus Christ and in him 
is every good thing for you. You are called to be saints. You are called to be long, called to be saints. Now, this gives us purpose. This gives us stability. Knowing who you belong to is such an important thing in life. Whether you are having a real easy ride in life or you are in the roughest of seas, knowing who you belong to is your anchor in life. And it's so important that we get that in our, not just our heads, but in our hearts, that we belong to a God of glory. And we belong to Jesus Christ. And in him is every good thing. Galatians 5 says, you're also called to be free. We're also called to love one another, to serve one another. And Colossians 3 says, you're called to peace. There are so many great things we are called to. To belong to a God of glory. Called to belong to be saints. Called to be free. Called to serve. Called to love. Called to peace. The second of the three things was to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's true that we have a glorious inheritance in the life to come. It starts now, however. It's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. You know, being in heaven, being in glory will be beyond our imagination. We'll worship, we'll get to see God face to face, we're going to be changed, we'll be like him, we'll have perfect fellowship with the king of glory, and we'll have perfect fellowship with one another. However, this particular verse speaks not of our inheritance, but rather that we are his inheritance in his holy people. What an immense privilege. Just want to drive this home for a moment. Do you get it that of all the things that the Father could have given Jesus, of all the gifts, of all the things I will give to you, my son, the Father said to Jesus, I'm going to give you the person next to you now, or yourself. Do you get that? You're so amazing, you're so loved, you're so precious to God this morning that you are the inheritance that Jesus will get. Does that make sense? Just think about that. The God of all the cosmos wanted to give a gift to his son and his gift was you. Know who you are in God this morning. You're so loved. You're so precious. That's how great you are. That's how loved you are that Jesus gets you as his gift. Just do me a favor. Say to the person next to you again, you're amazing. You are his inheritance. Oh, with conviction, people, come on. (laughs) The third one was that you would know his incomparably great power. God's great power. Well, in the Greek, this phrase great power has almost four meanings. It's like a layered meaning. The first one being God's power has the ability to accomplish or to complete. In other words, that he is able to do all things second one is that he has inherent power and strength. It's just what he is and who he is. Thirdly, he has power to overcome whatever stands in his way. And fourthly, that there is a reality. We get to exercise his power. Ephesians 3.20 says his power is at work within us. So Paul says again that this power is something that we should know better But again, not just knowing what happens in Scripture with God's power being revealed through Jesus and 
uh, all the many stories of God demonstrating himself. It's not just head knowledge. God wants us to experience his power. And he also wants us to use it. John Stott is a theologian and another Bible commentator who isn't really well known for being uh, kind of charismatic, so to speak. Uh, And he says this, Knowing this power, its surpassing greatness, as seen in the resurrection and the enthronement of Jesus, then lay hold of it experimentally for yourself by faith. I'll just read that again. Know its surpassing greatness, as seen in the resurrection and enthronement of Jesus. So know it, know what it is, but then lay hold of it yourself, experimentally for yourself, by faith. The extraordinary degree and greatness of this power is that it raised our dead saviour back to life. That's amazing in itself. However, it went further than that. It then enthroned Jesus in the heavens. But this is the best bit for us now today. That power is available for all of us. And that Ephesians 3.20 verse says his power is at work within us now. So even as we're sitting here this morning, know it that God's power is within you for those who believe. And it's there for us to lay a hold of this morning. This power, let me tell you what it does, it sets you free. It breaks the bondage of sin. It gives us life, salvation. Sin loses its sting. Death is no longer to be feared. It's power that brings about healing and restoration. It brings about new creation. And one day this power will bring all things together under his headship. Ephesians 3.20 again says, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his great power that is at work within you. He is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine according to his great power that is at work within you this morning. Listen to this quote I got from the, uh, the internet. That power which is available to those who believe is the same power that brought a dead saviour back to life and seated him in heaven with the Father. It's the same power that raised Lazarus from the dead. It's the same power that turned water into wine. It's the same power that healed the sick, caused the blind to see, helped the lame to walk. It parted the Red Sea and allowed Jesus and Peter to walk on water. Paul is saying in this letter, that power is available to all of us now to help us on our journey through life. The question is, are you using it? One of the ways that God demonstrates his power is through healing the sick. I believe even Graham preached on uh, healing the sick a couple of weeks ago here. Uh, a number of you came forward for healing and to be prayed for for that. Um, the other thing that God often does that reveals his power is through words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are where God gives us information about people. Not so we can spy on them and know intimate secrets, but actually more so that you can love them. Show the love of God to people through words of knowledge. Catherine and I had the privilege of going out to um, uh, Bethel Church in California. Have anybody heard of that? Bethel Church. It's a church of 
4,000 or so people who are seeing a particular outpouring of God's power and grace on their community, I guess, and even on the city. And um, I'm not saying this, that you have to go to California to see the power of God. Um, That's not at all what I'm about to say. But God is here, even in this room right now, and he's even in you. But some of these stories just kind of capture what God can do through us. They do this thing called healing rooms on a, every Saturday. And um, it's where they open up the whole church building to the city of Reading. People just turn up to be prayed for and they turn up in their hundreds. The one day that Catherine and I went, um, 600 people turned up to be prayed for for healing. 600 people. And um, not everyone was healed, but hundreds were. And um, as one person came up to say, I'm 80% better or I'm miraculously cured. As they gave testimony to that, more people would be healed and be restored. Giving testimony was building faith in people's lives. But Catherine and I saw people's legs grow where one was longer than the other. We saw tumors disappear. Um, People had lumps on their necks and on their arms. And things would visibly disappear before our eyes. And... um, these are just some examples of God's power that is real and, and at work within us. One of the other things was this um, words of knowledge. Have anybody done treasure hunting before? Some people are nodding. Treasure hunting is where you go out on the streets looking to tell people that they are God's treasure. It's not as such that you find the person and they're your treasure. It's more that you tell them that they are God's treasure. So what you do is you spend a few moments. Uh, I think we had uh, 60 seconds, in fact. You get a blank bit of paper, you get a pen that they give you, and you shut your eyes, ask God for some clues about people that you might go meet. And you have categories like uh, destination, where you're going to meet them, what do they look like, what clothes might they be wearing, um, what might be physically wrong with them, For example, if they're sick or something. And any miscellaneous categories. Now, I'd never done treasure hunting in my life. And I was a bit uh, fearful (laughs) of doing it, to be quite honest. And um, what they were implying is you only get 60 seconds to write these things down because we have the mind of Christ. So don't fuss too much about it. Close your eyes. Ask God to speak and he'll speak. So whatever comes into your mind pen it down so that's their approach and uh, so I wrote these things down I wrote down uh, the store Target it's a big kind of Costco type of store in the States uh, blonde hair, green shirt, black shorts and right knee pain the second task we had to do was to do prophetic art which also scared me because I cannot draw and uh, you get another bit of uh, blank paper You're given a crayon this time, and now you have 30 seconds. Close your eyes, ask God for a picture, open your eyes, draw it. That's it. And um, I closed my eyes, asked God, give me a picture. And the only thing I saw was a golf club, so I thought, well, I'll draw a golf club. And the idea of the prophetic art is when you go out on the streets, you have to give the picture to someone. So you have to give your bad drawing, if you're like me, to someone on the streets to bless them with it. <laughs> and um, this golf club wasn't a, a bad picture, to, to be fair. But uh, the first person we met, uh, we drove to this Target store and we, in their car parking area. The first person I met 
had blonde hair, a green shirt, with black shorts, and right knee pain. And it was caused by a golfing injury. And um, so this guy got my picture of a golf club. And the whole idea, the reason I'm telling you this, is that God just lands things in your head. And it's just a, uh, an example of God's power, God speaking to us, his people. So this guy went away knowing that God was on his case, that he is loved, that he's God's treasure, that his knee pain through a golfing injury was not unknown to God. So the picture is like a memory, almost, that God is on your case, my friend. Does that make sense? So um, these are examples of God's power. And um, when I come to a close in a few moments, we'll um, spend some, was that only five past eleven? Um, we'll pray for some people for healing this morning as well. The point of these stories really is that God impacts lives. He's a God who loves his people. And that his power is not something that just raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly places. That is vital to our faith, obviously. But his power is vital to our lives now, today. To affect our lives and to affect the lives of people that we meet. Verse 19 How or why is this power available to us? Let's just reread verse 19 to 23. It says, That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. Here's the phrase, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So here's the thing for now. Jesus has not been removed from earthly influence because he's in heaven. It's quite the opposite. Because he is in heaven, all things are under his feet. And all things are under his feet for the church, which means it's for you this morning. The full authority and power that was invested in Jesus is at work in you, in the church this morning. It's here. It's the same power that created the world, and it's at work in you this morning. It's not just for heaven and for eternity. It's for you now, this morning. He's head over everything, the universe and the church and because Jesus is head over everything the universe and the church that puts you in a very good place every power is subject to him as the church is don't ever think of yourself as being insignificant rather because of your position in Christ that Jesus is your head which you are a part of if you're a believer this morning. All rule and authority that God gave Christ, that God gave Christ, can now be used on behalf of the church. Here's a Bethel phrase for you. God calls us to a supernatural life. It's super and it's natural, they say. Why is it natural? Well, it's because of who we are. Know who you are in God. Then his power that comes out of us, his kingdom that exudes out of us is because of who he is 
So just to summarize what we've said so far, we thank God for his goodness. The first 14 verses of chapter 1 in Ephesians are um, thanking God for all the many blessings in Christ. The verses then we've read, 15 to 23, are thank God for all the things you've done for me, but help me to know the fullness of them by your spirit coming with wisdom and with revelation through the Holy Spirit. Remember who you are this morning. You are sons and daughters of a heavenly father, of the God of glory. The Bible even says that Christ in me, the hope of glory. To know that you are the hope of glory, if you have Christ in you this morning. Know that you have a certain hope. We spoke about that, didn't we? What you can hope in in such a great God. Know that you have a secure calling. Know who you belong to. Know that you are so loved and so precious that the gift that the Father wanted to give his Son was you all this morning. You are the best gift that the Father could give the King of Kings. Know that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you all this morning because he is the head of the church and he is the head of you. No, God is uh, what and who he says he is. And he wants to be with his people. And the Bible tells us, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. As you draw physically close to someone, you can feel them. You're aware of their presence, aren't you? That experience. And that is true of God. And this morning, that as we draw near to him, as you draw near physically to another person, God wants to draw near physically uh, and experientially close to you this morning. When he draws close, he draws close as king, as your healer, as your friend, as your peace giver. He rules and he reigns. He empowers you. He restores you. He breathes fresh life into what we need. He comes as savior, as authority giver, as a provider of hope. He says you're no longer strangers with me or with one another. Church, keep asking that he gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Keep asking him. Here's your application for the week ahead. Tomorrow morning when you get up and you go to the loo and you brush your teeth as you get ready to go out to work or whatever you're doing. As you're looking in the mirror scrubbing your teeth, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. Ask him the question, come God, would I get to know you better today? And then let him answer you through the rest of your day. So can I ask you to do that every day this week as you brush your teeth, as you get ready, look at yourself in the mirror. That's your application. God, come to me by your spirit that I would know you better. Shall we just pray for a moment? Let's close our eyes. have the band back up as well that would be great Father I thank you that you are my glorious Father you are the God of glory you are the God of heaven and that you are the God of me Father I thank you that you are so high and 
mighty and you are lifted up. You are glorious. You are so great. But yet you are in us, God. You are in us. Thank you that you are not a far away God, but you call us to know you better. You ask us, it's on your heart that we would know you better. And God, it's our, it's our reply to you. God, we want to draw near to you. We want to be with you. We want to love you. Thank you, God. It's the chief end of man to enjoy God by experiencing, by knowing him. God, we want to be a people who know you. We want to study your word. We want to talk about you with our friends. We want to sing about you at church. God, we want to experience you though as well. We don't want to be a people who just know you in our, in our heads, God. We want to be a people who experience the living God. The living God who heals, who restores, who breathes life and peace. Thank you, God, you don't stay away from us. Thank you, God, you draw near to your people when we ask. Thank you that you are a good God who loves to give good gifts to his children. That when we ask, you don't deny us, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just ask God to stand this morning, just with our eyes closed. Let's all just come to our feet. just going to sing a song in a moment and then I'll just come back up and what we'd like to do is um, give the opportunity this morning if you, if you don't know God at all we'd love you to uh, come and speak to us at the end of the whole meeting and we'd love to talk to you more about knowing a God who gives you hope and purpose a God who allows you to belong to Jesus Christ we've also got a few words of knowledge we just want to give you guys as well We'll come to those just after we've sung the song. And um, if you have any sickness in your body this morning, we want to give opportunity for prayer for you. But also, if you want to know God better, if you want the Holy Spirit to come on you afresh this morning with wisdom, with revelation, with experience of Him, then we'd love to pray for you as well. Let's sing the song first of all. close your eyes again this morning if you know this morning that your desire is to know him better can I ask you just to open your hands out to God just as if you're receiving a gift or a parcel from from your friend if you want to know him better one of the things that the Bible tells us to do is to ask him So just under your breath, just speak out this morning. Holy Spirit, will you come to me? I want to know you better. Let's just speak out the words, guys, together. If you want that to be true for you, come, Holy Spirit. Come with wisdom. Come with revelation. Would you draw near to me, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit?
Holy Spirit, I just ask that you will come right now and just breathe upon us. Holy Spirit, will you demonstrate who you are? Lord, for these people that have their hands lifted out to you, God, I pray you would come, draw close to them. Some of you uh, may have experienced God in ways like this before where he comes to you and you might feel warm or you might feel your heart beating or you might feel like a breeze blowing past you or um, you might feel some tingling in your fingers or uh, something like that. You know, if you feel anything of God right now, then ask him to increase what he's doing. If you feel nothing, that's all right. God still loves us. We just got some words of knowledge for healing, and um, I just feel that I don't know if somebody has any stomach trouble, like IBS or something like that type of thing. And we'll give you a list of things, and if you can come down the front, we'd love to pray with you. And they will need some prayers. If you're a small group leader or a leader, come down the front and we'll love you to pray for some guys. So if you have stomach or or IBS problems, irritable bowel syndrome, we'd love to pray with you. If you're prone to uh, regular headaches or migraines, we'd love to pray for you this morning. Also felt drawn back to that right knee pain. Might be your left one, but if you've got knee pain, come on down. We'd love to uh, pray with you this morning for God to bring healing to you. I read that verse in Proverbs that hope deferred makes your heart sick. If you feel this morning that your heart is sick or that you've lost hope, if you feel that life is just a... uh, then we'd love to pray with you this morning for the Holy Spirit to come. Catherine. I also felt that there's someone here with pain in their ribs, um, a calf pain, problems with sinuses. Um, also felt like there was someone here struggling with addiction or if or maybe they're close with someone suffering from an addiction. And I also felt that there's someone here who um, needs freedom from something that their parents or their grandparents have had a disease and they're scared of getting it too. But God just wants to say that's not your inheritance. So. so if you want to come down the front, if you want to be prayed for for more of God's power in your life, more of his spirit of wisdom and revelation. If any of these words of knowledge sit true with you, even if you are ill or you have a sickness or a pain in your body and you have not had a word of knowledge, we'd still love to pray with you. And just lastly, if, um, if you want the Father to come to you to... Um, reaffirm who you are in him that you are so precious in his sight then we'd love to pray with you if you want to know your identity your belonging in Christ this morning 
And lastly, if you want to meet Jesus for the first time, So if any of these apply, do you want to just come down the front? That would be great. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to receive the Spirit or be prayed for for healing for anything in your body at all, then come on down. Also, if you want to respond to the word that Helen brought earlier, What Ewan has done this morning is so helpfully taught us from the Bible, taught us God's words. And some of what she brought was talking about knowing the truth of God's words. So something like this morning's message is so helpful to that. But if you feel like now you're on that island, surrounded, not quite sure how to get to where they feel that God is leading you, then we'd love to pray with you about that as well. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.